Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Let's open in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together. We know that we are a small congregation with a great love for you. And the size of our congregation lets us get together and still be able to meet when others are not. So, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for this. So, Lord, we invite in the Holy Spirit and may we all learn today and come out more aligned with you after the service. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us worship our Lord. Good morning. Prayer releases God's power. Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 How many times have you heard someone say, all I can do is pray? All I can do is pray. Well, you might as well say to a starving man, I can offer you food, or to a sick person, all I can give you is medicine that will make you well. Or to a poor child, all I can do is buy a toy that you might want for your birthday. Praying unlocks the doors of heaven and releases the power of God. And I kind of say that with God's authority because he wants us to be praying fervently and he wants us to be praying boldly. This is not in this. This is what the Lord has given me this morning. So let's, as a nation, our nation is sick right now and how we need to be praying for God's intervention and healing of this land. You do not have because you ask not. And the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in a fervent and bold way. And we are to let God not only know about our needs, but the needs of others. So often our prayers focus only on ourselves, but God wants to use us through our prayers to touch the lives of other people as well. For whom shall you be praying for today? Today's hope. It's an automatic response when we hear someone's, of someone's trial. I'll be praying for you. How often do we walk away and never think of it again? How fervently would we pray if we totally, truly believed it unleashed the power of God?
second song is The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. We sing
scripture today comes from Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 5 is anyone thirsty come and drink even if you have no money come take your choice of wine or milk it's all free why spend your money on food that does not give you strength why pay for food that does you no good. Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come <clears throat> to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the people. I made him a ladder among the nations. You also will command nations. You do not know the in people unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. We say the Lord's Prayer together. Consider the words as you read them. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
seated. Our New Testament reading is from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed the, their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary, you feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after, now we have a responsive reading. Loving God, open our ears to hear your word and draw us closer to you, that the whole world may be one with you. And as you are one with us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we know that all belongs to you and we know that you, that you have entrusted things to us individually as you've seen fit. But you call for us to give back, to help do your work other places in whatever way we can, whatever talents, or monies with that we that we can provide lord you say to share to further your kingdom so we ask you to bless the gifts that have given are given today that it may do just that have others come to know you this we ask in jesus name amen wayne looks at me over the top of his glasses as if to say you're on you're on Good to see you. It's great to be back. And uh, I neglected to put my hearing aids in this morning, so if you can't hear me, let me know. So, okay? Okay, John, good to see you. Wow, it's good to be back. And uh, we miss our church family very, very much. And uh, I trust you're doing well. And so... Let's pray. Father, thank you again for today. And Lord, as we look at this table this morning to realize that it's here to remind us of what your son has done for us. So prepare our hearts, I pray. Lord, prepare us spiritually so that as we eat and drink together today that we'll do so in remembrance of what your son has done for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Uh, 
I want to talk this morning about some things we should never forget. And we have a table in front of us, and it's here, because there are some things we should never forget. And the communion table is a good reminder, the best reminder, of what Christ has done for us. Um, your folks are old enough to remember that what happened on Sunday morning, December the 7th of 1941, when Pearl Harbor was attacked at 350 Japanese warplanes, flew through the mountain pass over the island of Oahu, um, and brought death and destruction to Pearl Harbor. Eight battleships, 10 smaller warships were sunk or put out of commission. 200 planes were destroyed and 3,581 servicemen and women were killed or wounded. President Roosevelt called that day of the sneak attack a day of infamy. It became the national battle cry that as we entered World War II, remember Pearl Harbor. There are some other battle cries down through the years. Remember the Alamo, or remember the Maine. Well, the Lord's Supper is not a battle cry as such, but it's a call to remembrance, to remember what Christ has done for us. On the cross, there are some things that should never be forgotten. Always be remembered, never be forgotten. And the Lord's Supper is one of those to remind us of what he has done for us. Let me just share as we come to the table here in just a couple of minutes. We need to remember his last words. We refer to this as the Lord's Supper, communion. Some churches refer to it as the Eucharist. Some as the Last Supper. <laughs> I've shared with you in the past that uh, I don't have good memories of communion. As a child, I told you, I think, that uh, it meant that uh, because our broadcast, First Evangelical Free Church in Rockford, Illinois, was broadcasted, uh, they didn't obviously wouldn't serve communion during the broadcast, so they would wait and serve communion after we went off the air. And so for a six-year-old wiggly little boy, for me, it was difficult. And I would ask my father on Sunday morning, do we have communion today? If he said yes, I'd say, oh no, I don't want to go to church today. Because it meant I had to stay later. For a six-year-old boy, that was a difficult thing to do. But, and so as a child, and it's too bad, it really is too bad, that as a child, my memories were not good memories. Because at this table, it should be good memories. The best memories of what Christ has done for us. At that last meal, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it to them and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance. What, what does that word mean, remembrance? 
It's interesting because for many, many years growing up in northern Illinois, my parents' attic, way tucked in on the, off the bedroom on the top floor of our house, they kept all the Life magazines. They had every single issue for World War II saved up there. And I remember as a child, as a little boy, how excited I was to take them out and look through them and the pictures and how they uh, represented World War II. I had my brother and my brother-in-law, my brother Russell and my brother-in-law John Foster were in the Navy. One was called Jughead and the other one was called Olaf. And, uh, and when they would come home, they would always be in their uniforms, of course, and their white hats. And um, reminders of when they served in the military. So the table before us this morning is to remember Christ's words, his life, and his death, and his resurrection. (laughs) Because of Christ... We were saved, we are saved, we will be saved. It's an ongoing thing that's going in in our lives. And so we come to the table today and the bread represents his body and the cup represents his blood that was shed for us. We talk about it as transubstantiation. Transubstantiation is the belief that the bread actually becomes the body of Christ. And as the Catholic Church and others teach, is that when you eat the bread, you are eating some of Christ's flesh because of transubstantiation. And of course, you and I believe, as the Lutherans believe, in consubstantiation. That it doesn't become, but there is a special presence, I believe, over, around, underneath, the elements as we eat and drink together to remind us that we were saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. These simple elements of bread and juice. We don't drink wine, but we drink juice as a reminder of of what he has done for us. Stirs up memories as it should. I don't know how you do it in your house, but if you were to visit our home in our dining room, we have a bookcase up that's full of albums. My wife, my sweetheart, has done such a great job of keeping all the memories of our family for so many years. It goes so far back, and I shared with you another time, there is a twig in one of those scrapbooks that I picked off of a tree in a cemetery near our school in Chicago when we were out for a date and for a walk and finding a quiet place in Chicago streets was the cemetery where we could walk quietly. Tom knows about that. And uh, I reached up and picked up a twig when we were dating and gave it to her 
to tell her how much I loved her. And that twig is in that scrapbook as a reminder. And so we can go through that scrapbooks, several volumes. And I know you have those at your house as well. Maybe not a scrapbook, but things of being a reminder of things that were important to you. So transubstantiation, it becomes consubstantiation. It reminds us it's a symbol. I read about an unusual funeral service for a young man who was killed in a horrible accident near his home. There was a memorial service held at the chapel on the campus where he went to school. And friends were asked to bring items uh, that reminded them of him, the deceased. And so a casket, where the casket would have been placed, there were pictures, school assignments, notebooks, flowers, letterman's jacket, a football, miscellaneous objects that carried a lot of meaning to the people who brought them. And one by one, the people would get up with the, thought, with the item that they brought and share memories of this young man and um, what he meant to them. And it was interesting because one of the first funerals that I conducted as a pastor, somebody got up and shared, and they started, everybody started to laugh. And I was shocked. I thought to myself, we don't laugh at funerals, do we? But there was memories of things that had happened in their relationship to this person who had passed away. So there was laughter mixed with tears and smiles. And um, if you've been to memorial services that I have conducted, and I have a folder here of Barbara Chapman, still have that that I see whenever time I open my Bible, that... Uh, if you look at me, I'm always standing up here smiling. And I explain to people that it looks strange to see somebody smiling at a funeral. But I'm smiling because of the memories that I have of that person. But most of all, I think it's because of the joy knowing that they've gone to be with God and the Christ that they loved. So... Our Lord wants us to be together as we are today. And I appreciate the communion service. Some churches serve it every single Sunday. We do it once a month. Some do it once a quarter. Not just to dryly remember his death and lament that, but to joyfully and vibrantly recall his life Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones once defined a Christian as a person who is amazed at the fact that he is forgiven, and he does not ever take it for granted. And so the communion table that we're about to celebrate is a reminder of what Christ has done for you. I don't know how many of you are Irish, or if any of you are Irish, but 
Uh, if you've read any history about Ireland, you know that there was a potato famine and there was a, a migration, mass migration to America. And a young Irish boy was stowed away on an American bound ship at sea, the ship struck an iceberg and began to sink. And as the people scrambled frantically for lifeboats, the captains supervised the activity, but he was the last to leave the sinking vessel. When he looked back at the ship, he saw the young stowaway coming out of hiding. This is a true story. And the captain ordered his lifeboat back to the sinking ship, and he climbed aboard and rescued the boy and putting him in the seat that he would, had been in. And it was the only available place in the lifeboat. And as the lifeboat slowly pulled away from the sinking ship, a second time, leaving the captain to go down with the ship, he yelled out to the boy, son, never forget what's been done for you today. And I'm sure that that boy never forgot what was done for him that day. So as we come to the table this morning, I don't know about you, but my forgetter always doesn't always work well. And I forget, and that's why we have this table, to refresh our memory so that we can remember and recount what Christ has done for us. Father, prepare our hearts and our lives as we come to the table this morning. And Father, I pray that uh, you'll help us to eat and drink together in remembrance of what your Son has done for us. Prepare us now, I pray in Christ's name. Amen, amen, amen. I forgive, I ask for your forgiveness. I have a backache this morning that's absolutely screaming. And uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but be that I sleep on a straw mattress, I don't know what, just kidding. As we prepare our hearts for communion, if you'd like to stand, we'll sing Commune With Me.
I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way the cup also after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you ate this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, thank you for this reminder. Thank you for this reminder of what your son has done for us. The sacrifice that you made in giving your son to us and the sacrifice he made in giving himself for us. Bear our hearts, I pray, as we take and eat and drink together. In Christ's name, amen and amen. amen. same manner he took the cup and he said this cup also is the renewed covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me let's drink in remembrance of him father we thank you for the gift of your son and we thank your son for his gift to us. Because of what he did, we are forgiven today. The Bible says our sins are buried in the depths of the deepest sea, removed as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. When you look at us today, God, what you see is the perfect righteousness, sinlessness of your Son covering us. Father, as I look back of 82 years, a lot of things I need forgiven. And I thank you that they're all wiped away. The slate is clean. Never, ever, ever to be brought up again. So thank you as you look at us today, you see your son's righteousness covering us. We praise you for that in Christ's name. 
Amen. Father, let us always remember. Let us remember that gift that we as people were lost. We were unforgiven beings. And then you sent your son, and he died. And he died for our sins, to forgive our sins from that point back and from that point forward, Lord. So all we need to do when we are when we have a moment of doubt, is to look to you and pray and thank you for that precious gift that has forgiven us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God be with us still. 